All right, my fellow Americans, hopefully you are not suffering a heart attack from Thanksgiving. Hopefully you're not in a hospital bed after getting your arteries cleaned. But Brian, I tell you what, I am definitely still trying to get this holiday weight off before the next holiday. Oh, Kenny, you're just talking about every day of my life. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> holiday weight, everyday weight. I don't know the difference at this point. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a it was a good um, holiday break, at least for me. Um, and uh, obviously, we'll get into it. But there were great things for America, great things for the sports world, and that news just kept on coming today. Uh, so, Kenyon, last anything else? I say we just jump right in here. I'm uh, ready so the first game we, all right. So one of the first rivalries we had was the Virginia Virginia Tech game, and and once again, God did not bless the Hokies for us. Virginia wins thirty nine to thirty, and a ticket to the ACC title game. Yeah, Virginia showed up pretty well, and they've got a shot now at taking on Clemson, and maybe they've got enough in the tank to do it. Um, if they were able to beat literally God himself, um, then I don't know. Maybe they could beat Clemson. Um, all right, Cincinnati at Memphis. Brian, you were thinking Cincinnati, and you, you done did thought wrong. Memphis won it, just like I said, 34-24. One of the few I got right in college. Yeah, yeah. you know, this song was a very close game, and uh, Cincinnati actually had – had the leader was right on on the backs of Memphis for a while, and Memphis ended up pulling away towards the end. But uh, don't worry, Kenyon, we get to see a rematch this week in the conference uh, title game. So maybe Luke Fickle and those Bearcats can bounce back. <clears throat> All right, another rivalry game, probably one of the biggest rivalries. Well, Ohio it's State called at Michigan. The game. It, it it is it is called the game. I will not say it's better than my rivalry that I enjoy so much, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, teach their own. But uh, Ohio State, you know, this game was close for a while. Michigan looked good and then just fell apart. Uh, lost to Ohio State 56-27. to Jim Harbaugh is now 0-5 against Ohio State. Yeah, it was close for like the first quarter. And then and we both thought Michigan, Michigan would do it. Well, I think probably more out of hope than anything else. But it didn't quite come through. You know, Michigan had been hot lately, just didn't have enough in the tank to do it against Ohio State. All right, going down to Kentucky, Louisville at Kentucky. Brian, I thought those Cardinals were, again, you know, riding hot, and you thought that Kentucky was going to do it, and you were the right one here, 45-14. Yeah, I, I wish you'd say that to me more, uh, but I need to pick <laughs> some games better. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I think I think in this game, you know, I think, I think Louisville's on the right track, um, but I just think uh, – Kentucky's a lot farther, and I, and this was good for a Kentucky team with there's so much rumor swirling around about possibly Mark Stoops taking the Florida State job or possibly many of the other jobs that are available. Um, so I think it was good for this team to you know get this big win, um, you know in in sporting fashion and be able to kind of put those rumors aside and be able to play the game. All right, and the game that brought America joy and everybody rejoiced. Unless you're Nick Saban, Alabama at Auburn, and Auburn sneaks this one out, 48 to 45. But there were so many crazy things in this game, from a hundred-yard pick six to a uh, a one-second field goal. So many things in this game, and if nothing else, a great game to watch. Yeah, the Iron Bowl, as it's known, and definitely was one of the highlights of my weekend, especially. Regarding some of the other things we'll get to in a little bit, but Auburn, way to go. Congratulations. <clears throat> and this does something to Alabama that we'll talk about in just a little bit. All right, Minnesota at Wisconsin. Brian, we thought Minnesota might be that fairy tale story and just didn't pan out. 38 17, Wisconsin, and the Badgers are once again going to Indianapolis. Yeah, and you know, big for uh, Wisconsin to be able to have a rematch um, after you know really getting trounced by Ohio State the first time around, and I and I think this game will will be, uh, a little different, and uh, we'll talk more about that later. But for Minnesota, I you know I do want to say uh, you know I bet there are some people now who are you know um, saying that you know they're not the real deal, and 
And a lot of people have this, seems like this, very much dislike for P.J. Fleck. And, and so I want to, you know, for anybody who's a Minnesota fan or, you know, or just somebody who kind of, you know, jumped on this story, I, I still think they're the real deal. I just think, um, you know, this is the beginning of something. I, I think, I think you know, it's more telling what happens next year. If they can continue this momentum, if they can continue putting these wins together, um, you know, this is this is new for this team and uh, something they need to work into. But you know, I still they're still going to get a you know a decent bowl game, and I and I think they will show up at that game. All right, the Big Twelve matchup was Iowa State at Kansas State, and uh, we both went with Iowa State here, and Kansas State decided to show up. You know, good for them. Won twenty seven seventeen. Yeah, Iowa State, the team, or really both of these teams, I think I said last time, we never really knew week to week what we were going to get out of either of these guys. And this week, K-State ended up playing better. So <laughs> there you have it. Uh, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Brian, we were we believed in the power of Mike Gundy's hair. And uh, the curse may be back <laughs> as Oklahoma won at 34-16. to 16. Yeah, you know, I... You have hope in Mike Gundy, and you have hope in that uh, that still water environment. But you know, Oklahoma's been able, you know, once again to kind of kind of run run the Big Twelve. Um, you know, Baylor definitely on their heels, and, and we'll get to see an exciting rematch uh, between these two teams. But uh, you know, this is this was a little bit um, you know kind of a surprise. I thought the game would be closer. Um, but you know, for an Oklahoma team, you know, this is what they needed to do. They needed to start showing that they can pull away from teams and. And not really let them hang around. So, in terms of their possible uh, playoff hopes, uh, this was a big step forward. Um, the big, another Big Ten game, the Heroes uh, Cup, I believe is what it's called. Uh, Iowa at Nebraska. Iowa's ran this series the last, I think, four or five years now, and it was basically a replay of last year. Iowa wins on a last-second field goal, 27-24. Yeah, this one <clears throat> hurt quite a bit. At the beginning of the game, I'm pretty sure I told you that when I picked Nebraska, I was operating under the assumption that they wanted to win. Uh, they're just playing awful and then managed to come back and make it pretty good. I'll talk about it later, but let's just say that uh, this game kind of soured my Friday. Well, it did sour my Friday. Took many, many um, fruity beverages <laughs> to <laughs> make me feel better. <laughs> Um, and then make me feel worse. <laughs> and then uh, really Saturday was kind of, again, just still felt the felt bad about this game and, and really just kind of ruined my Saturday. Sunday came around and I felt a little bit better by then, but I was still hurting inside um, pretty much most of the weekend. We'll talk about that in a little bit. All right, moving on to the other game that hurt me. Not quite so much. Uh, I was prepared for this one. Bears at the Lions. I even picked the picked the Bears here. Now, I may not, Brian, have done super great in picking college this week. Got every single one of the NFL right, though. So I went with the Bears. You went with the Bears. Bears won at 24-20. Really, the important thing in this game is, number one, the Lions are really trying to get Chase Young. So that's that's the first thing. They're still in good position to do that. Uh, (laughs) We're chasing Chase. Number two, we got to see Purdue's quarterback, David Blau, well, the Purdue's former quarterback, David Blau, and he played really pretty well, pretty good game, dropped off a little bit in the third quarter or so, but came back strong, and his only his only interception came at the very end of the game when he's trying to push the ball down the field, get a score, so you can't really blame him for that one at all. And I thought he put up some a really nice performance. The problem is, once again, that defense making Trich, Mitch Trubisky look like a decent quarterback. So there's still a lot of issues in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think I think that's the biggest takeaway from this game is how David Ball looked. And, and I think, you know, if, I, if I'm Detroit, um, gives me high hopes, um, you know, depending on uh, the further status of uh, Matthew Stafford and kind of that development. But uh, the future looks bright for this kid in the NFL. Um, I know it's only one game, but you know he did he did show a lot of promise. Um, and, and if nothing else, he definitely showed, uh, you know that he that he belongs in the league. And uh, you know he can only go up and, from here. And let's not All forget right. this, this uh, Bears team isn't very good, but that Bears defense is still one of the best in the league. 
Exactly, exactly. All right, the next game was Bills at the Cowboys. Now, I thought, I thought, you know what? The Bills got beat against the Patriots because the climate controlled, no win, no problem. Um, but there were a lot of problems in Jerry, Jerry World, including uh, very big technical difficulties at the halftime show. Um, and none other than that, but then Jerry Jones making himself a meme as he got up and walked out very upset um, with, you know, kind of interesting uh, talk, you know, after the game where he says, you know, he won't make a decision on Jason Garrett uh, during the season. Then he says that he sees Jason Garrett coaching next year in the league. Whether or not that's what the Cowboys is here, you know, we're, we're going to have to wait and see. But uh, some interesting things coming out of Dallas, you know, especially after another, another disappointing uh, loss. Yeah, Cole Beasley, the former Cowboy, now Bill, had a really good game. And I think the most important thing here is that the Bills have started to show something of an offense. So if they can continue to score a decent amount, that defense of theirs is going to let them win. So they're they're looking pretty solid. All right, Saints at the Falcons. Brian, we both thought Saints. Saints won at 26-18. A lot of bad luck for the Falcons, Matt Ryan was never allowed a chance to settle in. And uh, some of it, he made a mis- some mistakes here and there. Some of them were forced <laughs> problems by the defense. But either way, he didn't have a great game. He did not have a fun time. Yeah, and, you know, biggest thing here for the Saints is it, it was some revenge. It was, uh, you know, to kind of avenge that uh, very surprising loss the first time these two teams met. Um, but, you know, that Saints defense is, you know, I've been with them all year and I continue to stay that way. All right, the next game was the Titans at the Colts. And uh, sad for our older roommate Mitch, but the Titans came out and beat the beat the Colts by 14, 31-17 Titans. Yeah, it was a really good game um, for <clears throat> Tannehill and for Henry. So, if again, maybe these Titans can make a push here. They're not really too. There's not a whole lot of separation there in the AFC South, so they're in pretty good spot to make a run if the Texans drop off just a little bit. All right, Browns at the Steelers. Brian, you were thinking that Browns had this one. I was thinking, no way. Steelers got to get payback. Duck Hodges came back, his second start and his second win, twenty to thirteen for Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, when I when I picked this game, I wanted to pick the helmet, um, but I was told that I couldn't do that. Um, <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, not as much drama in this game. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know, Browns, Browns dropped this one. Um, and, you know, Steelers might have, you know, might have found a solution uh, for the rest of their season. All right, we had the 49ers at the Ravens. And we both went with the Ravens, and the Ravens did not disappoint, winning 20-17. to 17. Yeah, last-second field goal in the heavy rain by Justin Tucker. So really proud for that guy. They're really happy yeah, for that former, guy. Former Texas boy. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it's a good thing for him that all your former sins are absolved once you enter the NFL. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a couple exceptions, but... but uh, yeah, definitely a, a good performance by the Ravens at home in the rain. Lamar Jackson had another 100-yard passing, 100-yard throwing day, so he did well, especially for those conditions. And I think the I think the odds for the Ravens to win the Super Bowl jumped up something like 4-1 to one now. So they're the new favorite after beating the Niners. All right, Raiders at the Chiefs. And, Brian, I thought the Chiefs would win, so did you. But I, I don't know about you. I wasn't expecting a scoreline of 40-9, to nine, though. Yeah, I was expecting a lot closer game, but and you know, I I didn't get to catch all this game, but you know, anytime I see a scoreline like this, um, you know, I think their Raiders team is making the right moves, um, but but they have a long way to go, and and uh, obviously defense was a problem here, um, but I also you know, if you're only scoring nine points, I think the biggest problem for the Raiders right now, David Carr should never be trusted as a quarterback. Um, and so I think I think that is a move they need to make, um, you know, to have to to continue this progress uh, that Gruden wants to do. But uh, that is, we will see if that occurs. I feel like it won't. Um, so we'll just go ahead and move on. 
Uh, Patriots at the Texans, and we both went with the Texans, and the Texans do pull this one out 28-22. A lot of questions after this game about can Tom Brady still play in the league? I thought a little melodramatic, but uh, who knows? Well, you know, the thing is, is the Patriots have played, you know, we, we thought the Cowboys and, and the Eagles might give them a, a run, and, and they kind of did, but the uh, Cowboys and Eagles aren't as good as, as we were expecting them to be. And that's become very clear. So the only two really tough teams that the Patriots have played, well, I'll give you three. The Bills, the Texans, and the Ravens, and they're one and two in that. And, you know, they got to face the Bills again. So maybe the second time against Buffalo, they won't be so lucky. All right. Vikings at the Seahawks. Brian, those Seahawks out in their neon green looking cool. And the Vikings... Made it close at the end, thirty-seven to thirty for the Seahawks. And case, and more importantly, um, Kirk Cousins still hasn't won a Monday Night Football game, and still is kind of lackluster in these these really big. This this game was huge for seeding and for the playoffs, but Vikings come up a little short as he tends to do. Yeah, um, you know a lot of things. You know, with some unfortunate injuries during the game. And just just some uh, bonehead plays, um, including you know that that defense just giving up some very costly uh, yards for the Seahawks, and and you know then the offense giving away the ball. Um, yeah, it just kind of all fell off the wheels um, and, for the Vikings, and uh, Seahawks were able to capitalize. And I don't want I don't want to take anything away from Cousins there. Like, he did play a pretty solid game. He's just lacking that something special to win in, in these big moments. All right, um, so we break it down. As I said, I did really well in NFL, got them all right. Not so well in college, but it was just enough, Brian, as I beat you 11-9. to Puts my, put my total at 106, and you're all the way down at 93. And that weekly record, 8-5-1, Brian. Oh, you know. I just trying to be nice to you. I just had to uh-huh. had to soften uh, sure. the soften the blow of the uh-huh. soften the blow of uh, run out of time, Hawkeye Brian. Win. <laughs> well, that's what you think. I told you I would I would make it all up during the bowl games. I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna make it all up. Sure. All right, we can go ahead. Move into our winners and losers for the week. And Kenyon, no, you cannot put me as your loser for the week. So, uh, well, not yet. Uh, that's that's coming. Uh, up. <laughs> no, is it now? Uh, all right. Well, go ahead and go ahead and tell America who your winner and loser are for this well, week. Well, it's, it's fun you say that. My winner is America, which is um, surprising because while Nebraska football is synonymous with America, oh no, it uh, is not. No, it is not. That, so America, is, America is very sad. But also, as we talked about, Bama lost, the Patriots lost, and not just lost, but looked to have been shaken from that ultimate pinnacle. So there's a lot of good things happening in football. We're going to hopefully see some fresh blood here. And so that's why I got, I got America for my winner of the week. Uh, now my loser. And here is where uh, I'm going to... You guys have heard me rant quite a bit this season about Nebraska and about Detroit, Um, and I think somehow Brian has still spent more time ranting about Texas than both of those together. But even still, I need to rant just a little bit here because really my loser for the week is Nebraska, more importantly, Scott Frost. And to me, a lot of this comes down to, first of all, in Within the game, Scott did not do a great job calling plays. A lot of swing passes when they weren't working. You know, you try them earlier in the game, get them out to your skill guys out on the flat, out wide in space. Sure, the problem was there wasn't a lot of space, and you didn't have the blockers there to get it. It was like watching Mike Riley's offense all over again. I hated it. When they actually threw downfield is when good things happened. They just hardly ever threw it down the field. Secondly, is... In the first quarter, they brought in Noah Vedral to run some package, and it didn't really pan out for him. And then in the third quarter, after they're down, they bring in Luke McCaffrey for a series. 
And he scores a touchdown to get back a ton of momentum. And then right after that, he pulls McCaffrey back out and puts Adrian Martinez in, who has been having a terrible game. And then I just I've I've never seen anybody in my life take out the quarterback who is getting you back in the game. I've never seen it. And Adrian did lead a drive that ended up uh, resulting in a touchdown later on in the game, but it wasn't even him throwing the ball or him making a giant play. It was handing the ball to Wyatt Mazur, the senior on senior day. So who I always thought was underrated anyway, but anyway, he's got a lot of, I thought he had a lot to answer for and just didn't, you want to talk about somebody in, in a similar situation. Let's go to, to your guy, Brian, Nick Saban, who in the national title a few years ago, Jalen hurts, wasn't having a great game said, you know what, let's put Tua in, let's see what happens, scores a touchdown. You know what he didn't do? He didn't sit Tua back on the bench right away just to stick with, with Jalen Hurts. No, he stuck with the hot hand. So I that really made no sense to me at all. And then in the post game, I just he has a tendency to every once in a while not take the responsibility that he should. Everyone Sometimes he does, but this was one of those games where he didn't. Talked a lot more about, oh, we just don't have all the pieces. And and I get that you don't have all the pieces, but you had all the opportunities to win regardless. And I think what he's planning on doing is just having enough guys that are good enough to cover up for his play calling at this point. And it's not that he's a bad play caller all the time, but he's definitely got a lot of work to do, and he needs to own up to it, and he needs to improve it. And then they asked him about that Luke McCaffrey thing, and apparently they just had some kind of a package in for him, and that was all he was really meant to do. I still don't care. He showed that he can run the offense already. Let him play. Let him play and, and help you win. So I really don't like it. You lost the, you lost out on the opportunity for a bowl game. Hopefully at least next season maybe we'll see an open competition for quarterback, whether that's Vedral or Martinez or McCaffrey, I think really any of those three guys could end up winning it if Scott would open it up and, and judge it fairly. And I don't know that he'll do that, but uh, that's that'd be the interesting thing and, and probably the most fair thing. And really, what does it say to your young guys where in, in recruits that if you have a young guy who's uh, below the, the depth chart of, of somebody else, but it's playing better and you pull them out. That can't look good for recruits. I don't think so. There's a lot of takeaways here and, and I'll be done rambling now. Yeah. And so just before I jump into my winner and lose, I was going to kind of comment on that. I, I can't, I think you bring up a lot of good points. And I, and I think, honestly, I think if, if Scott, you know, basically, you know, I, I made comment to you after the game, I said, one of my losers for the week would be like coaching confidence rather than coaching ignorance. And, and I think, I think we see this a lot in college football where there's a quarterback who they, they just stick through him with them for whatever. And, and I, you know, I do think, you know, the quarterback role has so many moving pieces and so many. So I think, you know, I think it is important, you know, to be able to have trust in your players. And, you know, like if you had a coach who, you know, if you make up one mistake and he just benches you, well, that's, that's not good for a team either. But, um, you know, we've seen all year Martinez making, you know, kind of some silly errors playing scared in my personal opinion, I think because of injury, and so, you know, give it to somebody else. Give it to a young guy. You know, uh, that was McCaffrey's fourth game, so you weren't in jeopardy of, uh, you know, possibly burning a red shirt or anything like that. So you might as well do it. I mean, it's, you know, Scott and a lot of coaches around the country talk about how important ball games are, and basically Nebraska said, we don't care if we get one. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think to your point, I think if Scott doesn't open up the – quarterback battle next year and in, in a fair process i i think you know obviously he won't be fired for it but i think he leads himself to a lot more criticism for former nebraska players anybody around the program um you know he's been getting a lot of flack um from some pretty prominent uh former uh nebraska nebraska players um not- the last notably would be uh uh tommy frazier had come out and was very vocal about what's going on. So um, I think there's definitely still confidence in what Frost can do, but I think there's a lot of people who are starting to, you know, have those same kinds of questions of, of some maybe errors of judgment. All right, so I'll move into my winner and loser. So my winner comes from that Nebraska game, 
And specifically, just kind of around the country, you know, I've been talking all year, you know, on a fourth and one or even a third and one, why is everybody under shotgun? Why make yourself go five yards, do the sneak? And Iowa worked it out perfectly so far as to even get, you know, have two sneaks for one got four yards, the other got five. And you know, credit to Nate Stanley and, you know, just that off offensive line for Iowa. But more importantly, I think they showed how important the play is to football and, and you know, why make a fourth and one harder on yourself? Um, and so, you know, Iowa, I think, you know, kind of showed everybody, you know, the sneak works, you know, why – why change it? Why try to be flashy when all you need to do is get a first down? All right, and then my loser for the week is Nick Saban. Um, more importantly, not necessarily because, you know, his team's playoff hopes have now been crushed, uh, but he threw the biggest temper tantrum I have seen in a long time. And, you know, first off, he, in his press conference, complained a lot about the officiating. Um, but the I think the worst thing he complained about is basically um, towards the end of the game, uh, Auburn um, was going to punt the ball, and Alabama started to notice that not only was the punter in, in the game, but so was the quarterback. So then they had trouble with their uh, getting their team out of the field, and we ended up getting a five-yard, 12-men-on-the-field penalty, which gave Auburn a first down. They were able to run out the time. Nick Saban called that play. Um, maybe not in these exact words, but pretty much what he's saying is it was dirty and underhanded. However, everybody's making the comment, Nick, you would do the same thing. Um, Nick Saban has a habit of this. The last time when Alabama lost to Auburn with that 100-yard uh, kick return, he did the same thing by throwing his team under the bus, including, you know, just kind of throwing a temperature tantrum. And it's like, you know, when you win this much, but then you don't want to play anybody until the end of the season, it serves you right. And, uh, very just not a classy move by Nick Saban and really not a classy move from a lot of the Alabama faithful. Um, and, you know, I've seen this time and time again. I think I'd made mention one time watching uh, Alabama and Clemson at a national training. So there were a lot of, you know, just a lot of different people, some people from Alabama, big Alabama fans. As Alabama started to get pounded by Clemson, they all went to change out of their jerseys, their shirts. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, teams like, you know, my Longhorns, Kenyon, you can speak for with Detroit and Nebraska. You deal with a lot of losses, but, you know, you just got to get through them. That's part of the game. Um, and you got to be a good sport about it, and that's something Alabama cannot do and has not done for years. Um, so they are my loser and probably will always be my loser. So we'll move out of there, move out of the rants, hopefully. Um, and we'll just move on to the college football rankings that just came out about uh, almost about an hour, hour and a half. It's almost two hours ago. Uh, so we'll kind of do how we always have. I'll go through them real quick, and then we'll kind of talk about what stands out, um, anything we agree or disagree with. So the new rankings are as follows one ohio state two lsu three clemson and four georgia none of that changed here's where the changes start five utah six oklahoma seven baylor eight wisconsin nine florida ten penn state eleven auburn and at number 12 how hard they fall alabama 13 oregon 14 michigan 15 notre dame 16 iowa 17, Memphis, 18, Minnesota, 19, Boise State, 20, Cincinnati, 21, Appalachian State, 22, USC, 23, Virginia, 24, Navy, and 25, Oklahoma State. Kenyon, kind of what's your take on this latest uh, rankings? Well, something I, I think is interesting, <clears throat> when you go back uh, – throughout the season is as much as I'm going to say that Nebraska is a bad team. Apparently everybody who is a, a ranked team, as soon as they beat Nebraska jumps up, uh, regardless of what time of year it is and various amounts throughout the season. But find that to be kind of an interesting little, little side note. Um, but other than that, Utah number five is, is the real interesting one. I think, uh, as you said before the show kind of, says from the, that the committee saying that they'd rather somebody from the Pac-12 get in than the Big 12 if it shakes out like that. 
And other than that, I don't have a ton to say. I'm, I'm happy to see Alabama drop to 12. I think that's honestly maybe still a little generous when you consider the fact that Alabama hasn't beaten a ranked team, a college football playoff ranked team at all this season. So I think that says quite a bit there. I do think Iowa is probably a little high. Um, just, I, I don't think they're really that good of a football team. They're a very stout, uh, stout team, but I just don't think they're good enough to go head-to-head with some of these other guys. Um, Baylor at, at seven, right next to Oklahoma, I think is interesting that the committee, I think, is saying that basically whoever wins that is, is the better team. For me, the real question here is what happens in the, in the title – in the conference title game if georgia beats lsu does lsu still get into the playoff at number four and put clemson at two and georgia three or does lsu drop out and utah get in or if lsu beats georgia does georgia stay there if if utah wins and there's so many questions here as to what could happen that i just i don't like georgia being in this four spot because it tells it tells me that there's still too much sec bias going on that a, a team like georgia who can lose to south carolina and potentially lose their i mean to be fair you know they actually did make it to the conference t- title game so there is that but if they lose that game and they still technically have a shot at making it depending on you know not only if utah wins but how they win or if Oklahoma or, or Baylor wins, how they win as well. So there's a lot of uh, gray area here that I think shouldn't be here for a team with such a terrible loss as Georgia. Because Georgia's had some good wins, but they haven't been by a, a large number for the most part against a quality opponent. So I think there's there's some questions to answer there. So, But other than that, that those are probably pretty much my main thoughts. Yeah, you know, I think you make some interesting points. Um, I'll just first tackle this Georgia question. So um, I would say if Georgia wins, um, Georgia and LSU are both in. Uh, Only reason I say that is I find it hard to believe um, that you could say you keep an LSU team out. Yes, they would lose to Georgia, but they had beaten uh, numerous, numerous uh, other ranked teams this year, played one of the toughest schedules in the country. Um, if Georgia loses, I don't believe there is any way they stay because even if you have, for example, if Oregon were to win the Pac-12, um, either then Oklahoma or Baylor uh, is basically a shoe-in. Um, I don't see how they keep a one-loss conference champion out uh, to a conference loser with two losses, including that loss to South Carolina. Um, it And... You know, Oklahoma's loss to Kansas State looks a lot better than the loss to South Carolina. Um, so, um, I think I think in general, I think the committee's looking at it as. Um, I mean, I I think we're almost pretty sure that LSU should have no problem beating Georgia, and in that case, then you're going to have one team from, uh, you know, different each each of the top four teams from different conferences. Uh, just kind of how that falls out. I will say that I do find it very interesting. Um, the dynamic right now of basically saying the Pac-12's in and the Big 12's out. Um, I think, I I don't know, I think the Big 12 in terms of the Pac-12, and this isn't saying a lot, but I think comparatively I think the Big 12's a better conference. Um, I think it's a tougher conference to play in. Um, but, you know, this Utah team, this is a team that um, just for their – just for their um, team in general, I think this is this is very big for them. And and if that meant the Big Twelve is kept out, I'd want to give it to Utah. I think this is a team that that uh, you know ha- has done it the right way, has has approached getting to this point in the right way. Um, and and so I I would like to see him in there. Um, you know, it's about time the committee sends a message to Alabama. Um, I would agree. I think they should have dropped to about fifteen. Um, I think 12 is still a little high, um, but I think they they finally sent a message. And I would say, oh, go I, ahead. I almost, I'll say this as well, Brian, and and I know you haven't heard this a lot in the last few weeks, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it now. You were right. Um, yeah, you you said the last couple of weeks that you thought that some of the stuff that we're seeing now happening would happen. 
And I, I was hoping that it would, but I wasn't very confident in it. And it turned out pretty, pretty close to what you said. So I'll, I'll say that, Brian, way to go. Doesn't count on the scoreboard, but uh, you can take a little pride away from that. Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, I'd say I think Michigan's a little high. Um, you know, considering this their third loss, um, yes, it is to the number one team in the country, but it, it was it was not really a close-fought game. Um, so I, I, they basically didn't move. Um, and so I don't know. I don't, I don't think 14 is necessarily appropriate. Um, and yeah, I would say, I would say for the most part, the rest of the rankings make sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, it will be a very, you know, interesting conference championship week, um, as there's going to be a lot of different things going on. Um, there's a lot of questions on where, you know, teams will go for bowls. So there's still a lot to play for. Um, and especially if you're, I mean, you know, especially if you're in that uh, basically that top eight, there, you know, there's a lot could happen because then we have to beg the question: What happens if Wisconsin beats Ohio State in the Big Ten? You know, how how does that play out? So, I mean, there there's a lot of things that can happen. Still, a lot of movement um, that can be made. Um, so, will be a very interesting week. All right, so we uh, will go ahead and move on to uh, the next topic and. Uh, the next topic, you know, came out today. The Panthers ended up firing Ron Rivera after nine years. Um, and, you know, this comes after a year, you know, in a year where we saw Cam Newton's been injured. Um, you know, Kyle Allen comes in. They seem to, you know, Kyle Allen seems to be playing decent. But part of that is because Christian McCaffrey's just having a, an amazing year. Um, but, Kenyon, I'll go ahead and let you kind of take away this story, you know, kind of on the takes in terms of impacts on the NFL. Yeah, I was really surprised to see this. Ron Rivera's been a rock there in Carolina, and they haven't always had the best team in the in the league. But they, you know, from time time and time again, they've you know they rose to the Super Bowl in twenty fourteen or 20, 2015, I mean, sorry. Um, but you look at they're always they're always competitive in most of their games, and you know it's. They usually end up with a winning season, even if not by necessarily a whole lot. I think, I think the the fan base has just kind of had enough of almost being there. And you know, keep in mind that they just got a new owner a few years ago, so I think he didn't he didn't get in this business to lose. So you know, he came from Pittsburgh, where he won a lot. He's used to winning a lot of games up there, so. Definitely, I, I think that probably played a bit of a role to it. I think they said that the defensive coordinator, I forget his name, but I think they said he's going to be the interim head coach. But when you look at now, more importantly, now Ron Rivera is on the market. So you start looking at maybe if Jason Garrett gets fired from the Cowboys, Ron Rivera would be a great, great pickup for them. Um, if he was willing to become a coordinator there's a lot of people that could use his talents as a defensive coordinator i saw i saw a tweet of imagine if uh detroit got him as a defensive coordinator and uh, i love the idea it almost certainly won't happen but uh man can dream but i mean there's i i don't know everybody who's going to get fired this season i doubt i doubt the dolphins head coach um maybe the Browns, maybe the Giants. It's hard to say for sure. I, I think actually nobody's really looking at it, but uh, the Eagles head coach, watch, watch for them to maybe get fired as well. So there's there's a couple teams out there that could definitely use a Ron Rivera type. And uh, it's interesting to see with some of this stuff, there's just so many options right now that we don't really know what's going to happen. There's probably going to be at least one more uh, mid-season firing. There usually is. So don't know who that'll be yet, but We'll find out. Yeah, so speaking of firing and movements, we'll go to the college coaching carousel, as there always is every year. So we talked about last week Rutgers and their kind of debacle deal with uh, Shiano, and actually they did strike a deal. So he is going to get the year, uh, $4 million a, de- $4 million a year, the $32 million. Um, his buyout, uh, they would, if he were to be let go within, I believe it was in the first four or five, he gets, uh, 77% of his contract. 
um, in terms of the private jet. Um, it has been agreed upon uh, that he gets to use it for recruiting events. If he wants to use it privately, there, it has to be funded by private money. Otherwise, they will pay for him to fly first class. Um, other things that were interesting in there is initially in the contract, it was stated that he could basically opt out of his contract if Rutgers had not made the improvements um, to the facilities and stuff like that. Um, and that was actually struck, but now it is um, that they will pay for 50%, and then Shiano and the AED have to go get the other 50% privately funded. So they are going to make some big changes at Rutgers and, and try to uh, get this team back. Um, Shiano had uh, coached there previously. He went, I believe, 60, I think it was 67 and 66 over 11 seasons. That's, that, uh, yeah. Or no, couldn't have been. Yeah, I think 10 or 11 seasons. Um, and the big thing there is that, you know, it doesn't sound very impressive, but when you look at Rutgers, at least when he was making some bowl games, they were so competitive. Um, and so they're excited to have him back and to hope he can do the same. But the, I think the crazy is uh, Chris Peterson stepped down as head coach at Washington to take basically an administrative role in the athletic department. And right away, defensive coordinator Jim, Jimmy Lake has been uh, hired as the head coach and given a five-year deal. Um, this one was very shocking. Basically, Chris Peterson came out and said that it was the right time. He's now indicated that, you know, it was very, just seemed very stressful and there was a lot of anxiety going on, uh, kind of the situation. Kenny, to kind of get your take on this, I, for me, it was shocking. I just didn't see this one coming. Yeah, I didn't really expect it either. I mean, Washington was expected to be a really powerful force this year in the, in the Pac-12 and they haven't quite been that. So I'm not, Necessarily, I'm, I'm not surprised there's like a coaching change necessarily, but uh, it is definitely kind of interesting to see him voluntarily step down. When you look at all the people who have voluntarily stepped down the last couple of years, uh, including Urban Liar and, and a couple others as well, it's kind of interesting this this move away that people are doing. And then at the same time, you have some people getting back into the game, like Gruden and. Um, Oh, I'm forgetting his name, but at Arizona State. So, oh, Herm Edwards. Yeah, Edwards. so you're getting some people going back into it, and I, I, it's kind of just an interesting, uh, interesting market out there right now. And you never really know what's going to happen next, and uh, makes for some some interesting stuff for us to talk about at, at the very least. So I can't say I'm disappointed. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So just some other jobs that are out there: Arkansas, Florida. Old Miss, Boston College, Missouri, Old Dominion, Mississippi, New Mexico, South Florida. Sorry, Charlie Strong. Um, you know, hopefully he lands somewhere. UNLV and University of Texas San Antonio. Um, and then Texas is also looking for an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Um, have currently fired Todd Orlando. No, an Brian. offensive coordinator, Tim Beck, has been assigned Brian. as an advisor. Yep, go ahead. When when you say Mississippi, are you talking Mississippi State? Uh, Old Miss. Old okay, because it's in there. It's in there twice. <laughs> so, all right, yeah, all right. Sorry, just had a little confusion there. Oh, yeah, Ole... sorry, my bad. My <laughs> yeah. bad. Ole, Ole Miss, um, Florida State, and definitely not surprising. So. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, you said you know, never know what's going to happen next. There has been a serious meeting between Arkansas and none other than Lane Kiffin himself um, for possibly him to move into a Power 5 coaching role yet again. So that could be very interesting um, considering, you know, he was, he was a coordinator under Nick Saban. He coached for a couple of years. At interesting dynamic for him to move back into D.C. Um, but that is yet to be seen and how well that meeting went has you known. Um, but the coaching carousel, always crazy in college football around this time of year, and I'm sure there will be a couple more firings um, once bowl games are announced um, and even after bowl games are played. Um, so, you know, Brian, just I, I have interesting dynamic. You, yeah, yeah. Are you as excited as I am that Mizzou fired their head coach? I mean, 
mean, I personally am like, uh, I, I have a special place in my heart. I know you don't like Mizzou. Yeah, I, um, I think so, it's funny. <laughs> uh, I, you, you know, you think it's funny. Um, but yeah, but uh, they also didn't let somebody sneak on them like six yards. So yeah, I know. You know, <laughs> it is. It they is. Just, it is. They just got a national Our, champion winning um, quarterback on their team, and, and still couldn't do much. Yeah, that is true. That's very true. So, all right. So now we will jump into our games for the week. and all the conference champions championships um so we'll start in the pac 12 for one that has big playoff implications utah versus oregon and you know i set it from the start of the year and i'm gonna stick with them utah to win the pac 12 and i'm sticking with it yeah i think i was right there with you um that i think we i think i said it was going to come down to utah and oregon Oregon is definitely an impressive team, but I think they showed us last week or maybe was it two years, two weeks ago that they don't quite have what it takes. So I'm going with Utah in the Pac-12 and hopefully be enough to get them into the playoff. All right, Big 12. Baylor, Oklahoma, the rematch. And, you know, a lot of times that second second game goes the other way. That's what I'm hoping for because I'm tired of seeing Oklahoma. So I'm going for Baylor. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Baylor. I just think in this rematch, I you know, and I and I think, you know, this one's tough, though, um, in terms of rematches because normally um, it's, you know, it's when the game's close, then all of a sudden the next the, the team comes back and blows out the other one. This was one Baylor had the first time around and ended up just letting Oklahoma come back and win it. So it's been an interesting one, but I think I think Baylor, um, I, think, I think they're more hungry for this, and I think, it's something way more important for their program than it is for Oklahoma at this point in time. All right. Speaking of another rematch, uh, this is the American conference. Am I right? American athletic conference. The AAC. All right. Uh, Cincinnati versus Memphis. And, you know, I went with Cincinnati the first time Luke fickle had him ready. looked good. Um, but you know, just came up short. Um, and you know what? We go with the Bearcats again. I think, you know, just going with the rematch dynamic. Uh, but Kenyon looks like you're going to go the same way with Memphis. Yeah, I talked about, <laughs> talked about that rematch literally just this last game. But uh, Memphis is very, very solid team, very good. Keep in mind they've lost this championship game the last couple years against uh, UCF. So you talk about hunger. This Memphis team is hungry for that conference championship and – it's a really short turnaround. They don't have a lot of time to think about it. So I think Memphis is is going to have – they already had the warming, winning formula in place. Cincinnati's not going to be able to change up too much in one week. So I think the Tigers are going to get this one. Now the SEC, which people uh, read a little too much into, but let's be real, is is the, the still the biggest, at least perceived, conference in football. So Georgia, LSU – I got to go with the Tigers in another conference and, and say LSU wins it. Yeah, I'm definitely going with LSU here. I think they'll just be way too much for uh, Jake Fromm and the Bulldogs. It would be really interesting to see how Fromm does in this game. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. All right, the Mountain West, the Rainbow Warriors from Hawaii versus the Boise, Boise State. Now, I am not 100% on this. Where does the Mountain West play their game, Kenyon? You, do you know? I think it's not Hawaii. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I don't think it's in yeah. Hawaii. Well, um, you know that'll be that'll be a lot of travel. But you know, I love Boise State. I do. I love the blue field. Well, they won't be playing on the blue field. Yeah, I, I can, know. I can almost guarantee you that. Yeah. And you know what though? How many times do you get the chance for Hawaii <laughs> to be halfway decent? How many times do you get to? As a as a sportscaster, pick the Rainbow Warriors. Don't think it happens very often, so that's why I'm going to go with Hawaii. You now, know, now Brian, I don't. I'll admit, I don't. Something with them being like seven or eight hours behind us. I don't know that much about Hawaii. Is there a mascot actually the Rainbow Warriors? Yes, they are the Rainbow Warriors. You didn't you didn't make that up like BYU is fighting? Them? I 
did not make it up. I <laughs> did not make it up. Well, then I changed my winner of the week. It's Hawaii because the Rainbow Warriors is an incredible, incredible mascot. <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, they're going to be my loser for this game. So I'm going to go with Boise State. I just think they're a better football team. Hawaii is pretty decent. Uh, Boise is just a little better. All right, ACC, Virginia at Clemson. Talked about it just a little bit up at the top. Does Virginia have quite have what it takes? I don't think they do. Clemson isn't quite what they've been, but I think they're going to have enough gas on the tank to take on Virginia. Yeah, I'm going to go with Clemson here, but I, secretly the sports fan side me wants oh, we're Virginia all rooting, to win this game. We're all rooting Virginia. We're definitely rooting for Virginia because I don't think there's any way they keep a Clemson team in there who, it's kind of like Alabama, hasn't really played anybody, but at least they were undefeated. Um, and then that would definitely lead to the Pac-12 and the Big 12, I think, both getting in, which would be just very an interesting dynamic. Um, I think it would be would be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with the Tigers here. Okay, Big 10. This is another rematch. Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Ohio State has looked dominant this year behind Justin Fields. Oh, you know – I might as well go for broke. I got to I I got to try to make up this gap. I've been picking, you know, the rematch. I'm going with, you know, the team. Uh, something about Wisconsin's win over Minnesota, it, it showed me something. It, it it brought me to understand something. And I you know, this Wisconsin team, yes, they have two losses and yes, at times they have looked not good at all. Uh, but I think, you know, the big reason they were trounced by Ohio State the first time was some, uh, you know, just kind of mental errors, some turnovers. I think they clean up those turnovers. I think they come ready. I think that defense is going to be a little stronger. Jonathan Taylor is going to have a big game. If those things happen, Wisconsin's got this game. I'm going with the Badgers. Well, Fields got a little nicked up uh, in that Michigan game, but if you look back the last few years, this big Big Ten championship, regardless of who is in it, it hasn't been a close game. So I don't, I don't think this one is close either. And I'm going to roll. I, I can't say that in that words. Um, I'm going to choose Ohio State in this game. And I think they just trounce Wisconsin. I don't, I don't think it's close at all. And they secure their, their number one spot um, for the playoffs. Okay. Appalachian State versus Louisiana in the Sun Belt Conference. Um, I guess I'm going Appalachian State because, for one thing, they're they're actually ranked. Uh, so I, I guess that's who I'm going with. Yeah, I'll go with Appalachian State as well. Um, you know, but I I think this game will be interesting. I think the Raging Cajuns uh, will play a tough game, and Appalachian State has struggled well, with this a year, name like that. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I, and I, I think, you know, Appalachian is, as I was saying, uh, you know, I struggled this year, including to Georgia state. Um, so it could be a very interesting game, but I think Appalachian state, you know, just to cap off their season, I, I think they can, they can pull this one off. All right. The mid American, uh, conference, we have Miami, Ohio versus central Michigan. This one really a toss up in my mind. Um, but I'm going to go with central Michigan, um, a team that, uh, has been a power five uh, slayer um, over the past couple of years, including um, Oklahoma State uh, most recently, I believe. Um, so I'm going to go with Central Michigan. Yeah, I'm thinking the Central Michigan as well. Um, this year to year seems to be a, a much more stable team and uh, maybe a chance for the state of Michigan to get back to the state of Ohio a little bit <laughs> for last week. Okay, Florida Atlantic versus UAB Blazers. Um, as much as I kind of like that dragon, uh, I'm going to go with uh, FAU on this one, Brian. Yeah, so the Conference USA Championship, and and I'm also going to go with FAU. Um, just been, you know, kind of a more consistent team, but, uh, you know, big year for UAB. Um, and, you know, so this, this game should also be pretty, pretty interesting. All right, we'll move on to the NFL. Oh, boy. Cowboys at the Bears. And you know what? I'm sick and tired of Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett leaving me behind. 
Bears. Oh, this one is so hard because, for one thing, the Cowboys just aren't good, but neither are the Bears, but it's outside, so weather conditions, but also Bears kickers can't kick when it matters. There's so many things here. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Uh, this is not an easy decision for me. I think these are two very overrated pro. Well, they're not so overrated anymore, but two teams that really have a lot of work to do. And Cowboys haven't won in a while. Law of small numbers, which isn't a real thing. Got to go with Dallas. Okay, Ravens at the Bills. Uh, I've been talking a lot about how I like the Bills, but I don't think they got enough firepower to stand up to the, this Ravens offense. I'm going Baltimore. Yeah, I'm going with Baltimore. You know, this is a team, you know, a couple weeks back I said um, I'm picking for the Super Bowl, and I'm, I'm going to stick with that. All right, 49ers at the Saints. I've stuck with the Saints defense all year, and I don't plan on changing that. I'm going Saints. This is another one that's so hard for me. Because <sighs> I hmm. – that Saints offense hasn't quite looked the same since Drew Reese has come back. And that Niners defense will make you pay. Drew Brees isn't mobile like Lamar is. I love New Orleans. Just ask yourself, Kenyon, are you an American or are you not an American? This will help you decide this game. Well, I I definitely am an American. I have the birth certificate to prove it. Um, Not with me, of course. Uh, So, unless you pull a Cartman and you know, make an anonymous tip on me. <laughs> uh, um, but I want to, I mean, I'm going to go with the 49ers on this one strictly for that front seven of their defense. You know, you talk about you're riding the, the saints defense, which is a very, very good unit, but that Niners D is, <laughs> as you're typing, not an American <laughs> next to my pick, but I, this hurts me because I, I really do like the saints. And I think, when you look at the playoffs, if these two teams play again, I think the Saints will win it in the playoffs. But for right now in the regular season, I have to go Niners, and it, it hurts a little bit because I really do like the Saints a lot more than I like the Niners. But that's um, what I have to do. Okay, Titans at the Raiders. For me, this one's a no-brainer, uh, but it does have a lot of playoff implications should the Chiefs start to falter. So, And really just in terms of the AFC South as well, and I'm going Titans, and they continue to – at least keep pace with the Texans, if not maybe gain, gain a step or two. Yeah, I'm also going with the Titans here. Um, the Titans, these last couple of games, have just really shown up. The Raiders, on the other hand, have really dropped the ball, So, but maybe being at home can change that. We'll just have to see, but I'm sticking with the Titans here. All right, and another big game. Chiefs at the Patriots for everybody around Tom Brady who said the sky is falling. For this game, the sky is falling. I'm going with the Chiefs. I just don't think the Patriots can put it all together. They've kind of been on a slide, and I think that continues. Yeah, talk about how the Patriots can't play a tough team. The real question is, is are the Chiefs that tough team? That halfway tough, like the Cowboys and the Eagles, that, that's not going to cut it. The Chiefs have had some Cowboys-slash-Eagles-esque moments this year. But they've also had some really good moments this year, like just this last week. And most importantly of last week, the defense came to play. And if that defense comes to play again, then I don't think they can lose. So I'm going to go Chiefs as well. Um, but it's going to depend on that defense. Now, we got a little bit of college basketball here to get into. Um, it looks like we got six games here. I think probably are going to end up scoring these differently uh, in terms of just the, our total number. So... We'll check this out. Uh, Duke at Virginia Tech. Now, God does, in fact, love the Hokies, even though uh, Virginia beat them last week in football. But more importantly, I'm going with VT here because Duke lost to Stephen F. Austin? Yep. That was Stephen F. Austin. So I doubt Duke is – I mean, I don't know how they're ranked number one still after that, but I got to go with the team who hasn't lost Stephen F. Austin. Uh, (laughs) So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, so this this one's definitely an interesting one. Um, you know, Duke has struggled, but it seems like basically the the top teams this year have struggled. And, you know, that's that's why their, you know, their road to the national title is called March Madness. And 
because that's what college basketball is. There's a lot of dysfunction. There's a lot of madness. And and uh, Virginia Tech is normally a team that plays Duke tough, kind of a thorn in their side. Um, I'm going to go with Virginia Tech here, um, partially because they're at home. And I, and I just think – I think it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky. This is, I think, a Duke team that that is very talented as always, um, but one that is trying to you know kind of put the pieces back together. Um, and I think Virginia Tech can just kind of take the opportunity, um, you know, being at home and, and to make a statement. All right, the next game we got is Pittsburgh at Louisville, and you know this one's tough. Um, these are two programs who are notoriously, uh, you know, pretty good pretty good basketball schools, um, and ones that you know play tough. Um, but I'm going to go with the home team here. I'm going to go with Louisville. Yeah, I'm going with Louisville as well. I think they got a pretty decent shot at making the Final Four this year. So I'm going to take the Cardinals in this one. All right, Big Ten matchup, Penn State at Ohio State. Now, Brian, I don't know about you, but I'm getting sick and tired of picking Ohio State. I've got to go with the Nittany Lions. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm tired of trying to pick them too. And you know, this is an Ohio State team. Um, you know, in the in the past couple of years, kind of kind of struggled. You know, they had those those big years with uh, when they had Sullivan, and so you know, trying to get back to that that place. But I think I think Penn State's just you know farther along in the process. So I'm going to go to Penn State as well. All right, an interesting game: Arizona at Baylor. Um, you know, Baylor, a very consistent basketball team, one that has been you know good year over year, and uh, you know. They're just going to continue their success. I'm going to go with the Baylor Bears at home. Yeah, um, I'm. I know. I know he doesn't usually do basketball, but uh, pull a Corso here for the first time tonight, and not so fast. I'm going to go with Arizona. Uh, now the these Arizona Heights Arizonans. I don't, they don't. Uh, yeah. They don't have. Regardless, they don't have the mythical powers of a Sun Devil, but they they're still them desert folk, and I think they'll be enough to take down the Baylor Bears. All right, Colorado at Kansas. Um, thought about this one for a little bit, but decided to go with Kansas in the end. Yeah, so this one will be interesting, you know, to get kind of those Big 12 feelings back together as Colorado left years ago. Um, Colorado is a team that uh, has been finding themselves, you know, getting into the getting into the March Madness and, you know, a team finding their way. And you have a Kansas team this year that has struggled, been very sloppy in games. Um and, uh, you know, definitely is a team that has the chance uh, to be upset. However, they are going to be playing in Lawrence, um, tough tough place to play, um, you know, when they get the rock chalk going. So I'm going to go with Kansas here, but this game can be very close. All right, in, an, in a Nebraska matchup, uh, Nebraska at Creighton, a Nebraska team, you know, under Fred Hoiberg in his first year, you know, struggled, been able to get some wins, but, but it's looked shaky. Creighton team under Doug McDermott, or yeah, no, not Doug. Not McDermott. not Doug. No, doesn't I he still play? Yeah, it's his dad. <laughs> Whatever McDermott is, I don't. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like either one of them. I is don't like Sean? Creighton. Is it is it Sean McDermott? I don't know. It's one of the McDermotts. Um, I don't like Creighton. I I really don't. However, um. You know, Nebraska has been shaky this year, you know, and this is this is one of the, just the bigger games every year, you know, a game uh, to play local. Um, but I'm going to give this to the Blue Jays. Yeah, I, I think I've said before on, on this show that my dad went to Creighton. I went to Nebraska. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this isn't exactly a giant rivalry in our house, but we're going to we're going to watch it together um, on TV on Saturday. It should be a fun, fun time. Nebraska <clears throat> really got off to that shaky start. Only one player returning from last year. Everybody else is, is transferring in or freshmen. So that's pretty rough, but had a couple of good wins there, including against Washington State. So, I mean, let's be real here. I, I think Creighton's going to win, but I have to pick Nebraska. It's it's, it's not a, really a question of what I think is going to happen. Uh, I <laughs> I have to pick Nebraska, and, and hopefully I can I talk a little smack to my dad. And Nebraska did win this last year, but this is not last year's team at all. So we'll see what happens. But uh, i gotta, I got to hope the Cornhuskers can do something for me. Go Nebraska ball. Yeah. All right, so that uh, concludes our games for the week. Um, you know, this is, this is one of the biggest weeks for college football. Um, this is where we get, you know – 
we're going to find out who's going to be in the playoff. We're going to find out, um, you know, kind of we'll have a better idea where people are going in bowl games depending on their performance um, and just kind of all that. So this is definitely a big, big weekend. Um, you know, big games in the NFLs, big basketball games. So definitely a, a great week to be a sports fan. A lot of things going on. We're glad that we are able to share our thoughts and be able to, you know, kind of give some commentary on it. Um, and, you know, I just uh, I hope Alabama gets slotted really terribly and Nick Saban explodes again. So, <laughs> uh, But, uh, Kenyon, any last thoughts? Yeah, it's possible that Alabama could go to the last ever Belk Bowl. So. <laughs> oh, would that be interesting. Fake Bo Pelinia would be out out going well, he's, off. He's already very sad that <laughs> the Belk Bowl is coming to an end. Yeah, you know, it is it still is, still a better love time. story than Twilight. Fake Bo Pelini in the Belk Bowl. It is, it is. They've had some Beautiful. great times. They've had some great times, some great commentary. Uh, we love to see it. But all right, everybody. Well, remember to continue to share, to continue to you know li- to listen, and you know to help us you know uh, continue this and to be able to get better. Uh, but everybody, have a great night and have fun watching Championship Week.